Welcome to Open Sessions, a podcast produced by the Audio and Music Engineering Department at the University of Rochester. I'm your host, Stephen Ressner. For this month, we invited Mike Brown, a local musician from Geneseo, New York, to stop in and play us some songs. Our engineers for the session are recording engineers Zeke Starling and Justin Montioni. The engineer for mixing and mastering was Grant Kilmer. And now, Mike Brown. I like it. So, this is about building the burn down in my hometown. Uh, I found uh, an article that a woman wrote down at the college in Geneseo. They have a local section and uh, there was this an account of a night out at the American Hotel in Geneseo from the 18, it was the 1850s, the pre-Civil War, and uh, basically this woman had written about a night out at the American Hotel, and the American Hotel was this old hotel uh, that were, it was the, the shadiest place in town basically at the time, and uh, this woman wrote about a night out with her friends, and it's, it was this hotel bar that sat, sat basically where Kelly Saloon is right now in Geneseo, which also recently burned down uh, the summer before last, but uh, her account of the night out at this said bar in the 1850s sounded exactly like a night out at a bar, uh, which is also burned down from my generation. So I wrote this sitting in Kelly's saloon. Um, so the American Hotel is really Kelly's, and they're both gone. There's a story, a roundabout story. Push you through. The doctor said it was in your head. Well, 
honey, but that won't comfort you. Really, I can't sleep at night, and the drinking suits me right. So let's go out to the American Hotel. 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 Thank you, guys. Let's do something with the looper, maybe. See how this amp holds up. I don't know how to get through to you The phantom painted lingers 
Theme song for silver fingers There's not a thing in this world to do The phantom painted lingers Theme song for silver fingers I don't know how to get through you The phantom painted lingers Theme song for silver fingers There's not a thing in this world to do There's not a thing in this world to do There's not a thing in this world to do There's not a thing in this world to do There's not a thing in this world to do Phone, freezing and alone in a Cadillac in a parking lot in Allen in December. I put her through the stupid things I do. I think she tried to love me, but you know I don't remember. I have lots of upbeat songs in case you haven't noticed. So let's see. Any questions? I don't know if we're at question time yet. What do you got? Yeah. How'd you come across that guitar? This guitar I found in Boulder, Colorado uh, when I was on tour. And uh, it, this guy had it. It was his, I think it was his father's. And he didn't want his kids playing with it. And it was in terrible shape at the time. Well, it was in a different terrible shape at the time. Uh, so when I got it, it had a tailpiece on it. And the bridge had been snapped off. And someone had been playing it with this tailpiece, which was putting... The wrong kind of pressure on the top, but when I got it, none of this wear was here. I've had about 15 years, and uh, yeah, I picked it up in Boulder, and uh, I've got a bunch of old guitars, but this one just, uh, it's a 1926 Gibson L1, and uh, it's been smashed. I had a, a girlfriend who smashed all of this without going into too much detail. Uh, had this smashed pieces rebuilt. I wore this hole through the top, wore this side down pretty close to a hole. It's getting there, I think. But, uh, yeah, you know, you come along these things uh, when you travel. The Midwest is really good for certain types of instruments. instruments. The mountains are good for certain types of instruments. But uh, Colorado, I tend to find guitars. And Oklahoma, I tend to find banjos and mandolins. Don't know why. That's a 1924 Weisenborn, which I'll get to that in a bit. But this is... Uh, all hollow, it's made out of cold wood, and this was hanging on a wall with all these crazy cracks in it. And same kind of thing. I tend to find instruments that nobody really wants to deal with, things with warp tops and brakes and whatnot. Like me. Let's see. How about... It's another Geneseo song. So, uh... Back to the Kelly's thing. So Kelly's was this bar that burned down. I used to write there quite a bit. And uh, when I wanted to get away from Kelly's and do uh, something that wasn't sitting in a bar and, uh, and writing, I would, I would go to this ghost town. I'd get someone to drive me out to this ghost town in Letchworth Park called Gibsonville and really do the same thing. I'd sit outside and, and drink and write, but it felt somewhat classier. Sorry for all the drinking references. Okay, don't drink. <laughs> so this is called Gibsonville. Cancer. This shoe's just 
wait and go. But when you drive up past the village line, out of the town and up in the vines, you'll find you're up near Gibsonville. Last night I was drinking at Kelly's saloon and a glass of brown liquor started shaking the room. So I went out back to get myself right, but caught the glare of the cow car lights and I wished I was up in Gibsonville. And I wish I was up in Gibsonville. Said a lot of things that I wish I could make clear. Did a lot of things that just won't keep me here. I really wish I could, but I know I don't belong. Well, I never know what's right until I know it's gone. I know it's gone. I flew out of Boston. So I'm tired of that town. Shot right to the hotel. There was no one around So I drove out past the village line Out of the town and up in the pines And I'm fine Up in Gibsonville And I'm fine Up in Gibsonville freak out too much when I looped, right? Cool. Sometimes guitar amps can be a weird choice for the, the looping thing. Uh, how about...
she'll see. So I set out for San Jose, but wound up in Santa Barbara. A couple lines and come days. Now it's one more night of motel lights, and no sleep is coming soon. I hit the road last winter, now it's one more week till June. But if you could wait till I get back, I'd wait for you forever. Yeah, I would keep my shit together for you. If you wait for me till June. Wait for me till June Well, the traveler has tales to tell And I can tell you quite a few About all those nights under the liquor lights And the smells of cheap perfume And I tried so hard to keep things right But I still lost track of you You were perfect I just didn't know what to do But if you could wait till I get back I'll wait for you forever yeah, I will keep my shit together for you If you wait for me till June If you wait for me till June If you wait for me till June Till I get back, 
set up this the steel's going into this whatever which is actually Steve's Sorry. oh yeah yeah yeah. it's good so the, the pedal setup is uh, the, the steel guitar is going into the whatever which I'm borrowing from Steve uh, I have been borrowing for longer than I, I probably thought it would be uh, I love it and it sounds good with the steel um, and then as far as the looping and all that goes everything sort of goes this is a real condensed setup for me normally I have a bigger PA that I travel with and uh, get slightly bigger sounds and uh, when I do that I have basically guitar, wise and born and then uh, I'll either bring mandolin through this or uh, pump organ I go a bunch of other stuff that I'll use depending on where I'm playing and then that sort of all runs into a tuner uh, and then into this homemade looper which is part of an Akai Headrush and part of a Line 6 DL4 and I basically just the most uh, stable parts out of both of those pedals years ago and made this looper and then all that goes into the LR Bags Para-DI so it's pretty simple, really. I mean, it's really an A, B, C switch. It's a three at one, the, uh, the Lely pedal, uh, three at one. So it's a, a switcher, a tuner, a looper, and a DI. Um, and that's it, really. Everything's dry. Any of the verb or anything's coming out of the amp right now. And if I was playing through a, a PA with verb, I'd probably just use like the verb in the box. Or none, depending on the room. And the mic is going right into that so it's completely dry what are you using as a slide the actual slide bar uh, so the bar is what the hell is these I mean they're all sort of a, a variant of the Stevens bar which came out in like the 19, 1910 1915 somewhere around there but this is a um, who's the guy the beard so beard is the company that builds this one uh but any Stevens bar, if you look, just Google Stevens bar, any any Stevens type bar works pretty well. But these are stainless, and you can, uh, if you put a nick in them, you can take steel wool to it, kind of bring them down. So I like these ones. But uh, for most of my steel guitar playing days, I used to play these old Stevens. I try to find like the early patent pending ones because they just looked cooler. Uh, but that that's that's for the bar, and then like I said, the Weisenborn. So this is a 1924 Weisenborn, which is a company that. Uh, hold on, pull this thing up. So this is a 24 Weisenborn, and Weisenborn is a company from LA. Maybe I'll play a song on this actually. So uh, Weisenborn built these Koa hollow neck guitars, and it's, ho it's hollow all the way from here to here, so there's obviously no frets on it. And uh, they're kind of a, I don't know if they'd consider them a rarity, but he only made about 5,000 of them total, of which maybe there's a third of those left. And they really were not super popular. Um, they were made for Hawaiian music in the tens to the mid thirties. Um, and there are various companies that built versions of these, but uh, this one in particular uh, is, a, is a pretty early one for him. And they're just really, uh, they're really 
haunting sounding steel guitars. You know, a lot of a lot of people play dobros and you know steel cone instruments uh, with the slide, and that has a very country specific sound. This is a little more open and kind of woody. And uh, guys like David Lindley, Ben Harper, kind of brought these back um, in the last twenty years, as far as making them popular again. But they're really kind of a dud as far as being popular, which is why I like them. So you'll find them, they, they, they bring a fair penny in good shape, which this one is not. Um, but they still pop up. Like there's a story that Jerry Douglas is uh, a famous steel guitar player. Found one of these from his in-laws and his father-in-law actually had one hanging on a wall with a flower planter in it. And you run into them like that all the time. Like this one, the guy that had it, um, considered himself a luthier. And, uh, when I got it, I drove down to Pennsylvania to get it. And all of the cracks here, there's a bunch of them, still remnants of it, this pink Bondo material. So he'd, he'd taken some sort of car Bondo and filled all these cracks. And I took steel wool to it and tried to get it out best I could. And once I got it out of there, I realized that it didn't even need the Bondo. He just figured, well, it's cracked. I'm going to fill it in. And so you run into them in that kind of shape. And once you bring them back up to playing condition, they're really beautiful uh, instruments. And I just think they're a little left to center than a lot of other steel guitar options. And you can find them. There's a ton of companies that make versions of the Wise and Born. But... Anyways, that's just a tangent. No. Do you go for Do you go for flat wounds or round wounds on this guy? a wooden um, slide guitar? It depends on the guitar. Um, usually, I've always kind of gone with like round wounds or like the what's that in between one they make? There's the the round one, the flat one, and then the, the half rounds. I put half rounds on steel sometimes if you want it to be glassy. But to be honest, I like a really dead set of strings, so I'll usually uh, I'll put just a standard set of uh, round wands on and just play it until it's worn the top of the strings down, and that's usually kind of the place I like it to be. Um, which is really, I think, what the ha those half rounds are. You know, because, I mean, back when these instruments were built, the guys that were buying these and, you know, sort of the bargain Gibsons and stuff were getting a set of strings and using them until they were broken or, you know, until they'd come so unwound that they, you couldn't get tone out of them anymore. So, you know, a lot of the records that we that we're obsessed with with these types of instruments were really dead strings on a, you know, questionably built guitar because these are all very fragile. I mean, you can see the bow on the top of that is pretty terrible. That thing has a warp that I don't know how it's still a guitar, but they have a tone to them. I mean, when you get into the, the pre-war instruments, they just have kind of an undeniable thing.
Junkies and jokers in the alleyway Girls pay to smile and the men are paid They say home is where you lay your head But I don't sleep much lately Just look what they did to that beautiful girl From New York City She said she moved down here to get some sun Collects the wilted flowers from the church steps on Sunday. She does not know my name. You know, I used to know this girl from Northern California. She had a fear of love and she knew how to run. So tonight I'm gonna go home alone and I will not call you. I will not sleep till you're out of my head So morning comes and you're still there But now I'm six days from Sunday California bound on a house with wheels And a half bottle of bourbon So <laughs>
was on the run With only kid and privileged son Broken heart with a loaded gun That I'd use to blow away anyone That would break my heart, break my soul Or try to strip away all the rock Hold my hand till the morning comes But sooner or later our days are done The best is yet to come The best is yet to come You know, I, I've used it recently to write. Um, I think the second song I played, I wrote with the looper. But in general, I usually write, and then it's more or less a way to breaking up very long acoustic shows. Um, and I'll just bring, I usually have more instruments than this. And uh, when you're playing a three or four hour show, uh, which I do pretty regularly, uh, and you're playing all original music to a crowd of people that may or may not care whether you're playing original music or not, it's. Uh, very, very helpful to have something to break it up. So building the loops up really big and then switching instruments and things like that. And it's a way for me to also not be very bored if the gig is not going the way I want it to. So, yeah. Yeah. And I'll switch. I mean, I've that one that I just played is not something that I wrote on steel guitar at all. I don't think you've probably ever heard me play it that way. That The recorded version of that, which is almost done, um, almost done. But uh, the recorded version of that is vastly different from that, and I don't think it even has... Maybe there's slide on it, but... I think there's slide on it, but it's certainly not, by any means, the, the root or the, the driving force on that song. So, yeah, it's a way to... It's a cure for boredom, you know? And I like it. It's, it's a good gimmick. Excellent gimmick, depending on who's paying attention. So... Testy. This is a LR Bags M1. 
It's just a magnetic pickup. Um, I have other guitars that have fancier, uh, you know, you know, in, internal microphone systems and stuff like that. But you know, the, the thing about a magnetic pickup is that if you, uh, regardless of what rig you're going through, like you know, I'm going into a Fender Twin aimed up at the guitar, and it's certainly not the biggest, luscious sound that I could get out of out of this rig, but it won't freak out. And the thing about a magnetic pickup is. They have things that are good, things that are bad, but they will work in any environment. Like I totally trust this guitar, and you know, with the Wisenborn, you have all of that internal noise because it's a big open chasm. But uh, that being said, the magnetic pickup is definitely the way to go for um, harsh environments or you know, just cha ever-changing environments. Which, from a touring standpoint, that's what you want. I have some pickups that sound just like the instrument, but you're getting into very dangerous. I'm already going out on the road with a condenser mic, which is scary enough. Yeah. It works. I learned to play around it, too. If you adjust the pull pieces on these, you can get them to be a little more guitar-like. This guitar really doesn't have much to it, though. I mean, you know... There's really no low end on the actual guitar, you know? There's some there, but it's precious. It's certainly not big and D28 and Dreadnought style, you know? So you can hype some of that with the magnetic, too. Keep rushing back 
Instead, I kind of climb saves you further away than I can drive tonight. Was fighting in the streets of Charleston. Was drinking out in New Orleans. Tonight, I'm sleeping in my van in Richmond. Was trying to keep myself clean. Just what you gonna do when I need you, honey? What you gonna do when I'm down? Cause I won't fall apart if you won't pick me up You still wanna keep me around I wish you well I wish you everything and more I wish you well As you're walking out that door I wish you well I wish you everything and more I wish you well Wait for a sign that never shows Warm bottle of beer and a bloody nose And a waitress in the corner with the old tattoo of Jesus Said you won't believe this, but it's time to go When I catch a train to Mexico I want to listen to the radio in a language that I don't understand I wish you well I wish you everything and more I wish you well as you're walking out that door I wish you well I wish you everything and more I wish you well Ah, oh, honey, I wish you well Straight to hell Sorry, questions are good. 
I'm noticing you're you're regularly tapping with the looper. Like yeah. The loops are usually like eight bars. Yep. So bring it back. So the looper basically, this thing is as simple as it gets. So it's basically, uh, you know, like. So it's record and play, and uh, literally record plays whatever that initial loop is. So I always build something rhythmic for the most part, unless I'm playing without any rhythmic stuff with the Wisenborn. So sometimes I'll build something floaty, and then that song is non-rhythmic. But it's record and play, and as long as the record button is on, it continues to build on the initial rhythmic loop. So if I want to get back to the initial loop without artifacts, I'll hit that. So say I'm playing for a couple bars, and there's just something going on that maybe it's building up too much. With, it, with an amp aimed at me as well, you have to dial it back. Um, so the way I do songs changes depending on the venue all the time. Um, certain frequencies will start to build up depending on the room, the PA system, whatever, and you have to get out of the... Uh, out of the danger zone sometimes. Um, does the record length of the the record last as long as the loop that you've set up initially or just whenever you tap your foot? Uh, it's, it, it's basically as long as I'm working off of whatever that initial loop is, it's that length every time. It never changes. So I can't adjust the chain. I can't adjust the timing. I can't cut it in half. I can't even backstep loops. So I can't, you know, a lot of loopers are built to basically like step back down or they've got a couple buttons where you can, you know, put it on another bank and whatnot. This is record play. I like looking at this stuff the way that, uh, you know, the earliest form of live looping was the Les Paul thing, which was tape machines on stage. And that was more gimmicky than functional, um, to be completely honest. There's, it's questionable how much he was really live looping with tape machines. But I remember thinking, like, you know, if I could do it the way that if, if I had a, a, a reliable tape machine on stage, I'd like a looper to act just like that because it just feels a little more honest. Because there's a lot of people that go out with, you know, pre-recorded stuff in a bank and a bunch of facts and things that just aren't... That's fine. And I have, you know, I don't want to talk shit about anyone that does it that way. But for me, I'd rather have it be a... Yeah. I, I'd rather have a total, totally chaotic set where I just didn't play well. And you know that it was me, you know. This is, I make it, it's there, and then when I unplug it, it's, it's gone. And uh, for me, that's just a little more honest without sounding pretentious. But, uh, yeah, anyways, it's a super simple, that's why I made it like this. It's just got really good switches in it. Uh, you know, Fidelity's pretty good on it. If, you know, if we were playing through a really good PA system, it would basically sound like, essentially, you know, that with hyped low end. And that's what I want, so. Yeah. On that note, I'll do something without the looper. Uh, so yeah, if you like any of these songs and whatnot, I don't know if Steve has told you anything about me or whatnot, but uh, okay. So Steve got not Steve. Steve won a Grammy uh, in the year. That was the year after or two years after that I got. I was I was this last one was the I was three before this last one. Yeah, it was twenty ten. Okay, mine was twenty. Uh, ooh, let's see, three years ago. Yeah. So a few years after Steve, I got nominated for one. So my thing in a nutshell, uh, I wrote a wish list of people I wanted on a record when I was 21 years old. Uh, I went to Berkeley School of Music for a couple of semesters, realized that I just wanted to play. And I had a couple of professors that said, look, take your money and go, you know, travel and tour and all that kind of stuff. And for me, it was probably the best bet because I play by ear and uh, it, it, it wouldn't it didn't it didn't serve a purpose for me at the time. Um, I kind of wish that I'd stayed sometimes. But uh in any event, I, I decided to go on the road and make this traveling record, and I, I essentially wrote a wish list of people I want on a record, uh, spent from 21 to 26, 27, uh, driving around, um, living in my van, and uh, I ended up making a record in all 50 states, uh, flew to Alaska and Hawaii, drove to the lower 48, and got 75 of my heroes to play on it. 
musicians all across the spectrum from the lead singer of Guar to, I don't know, drummer from Leonard Skinner to, I'm trying to think of more modern people that are on there, but I don't know. In any event, got all these guests on it and uh, made that record. I sell that in a brown paper bag, right? So you made this record with all these crazy guests on it. You try to make this big, you know, not for a sense of commercialism, but try to make this piece of art that's just bigger than life and whatever. So that one's the brown bag record. And then I made a record at home a couple of years ago with my childhood friend, Zach DeCamp. And we made a record for no money. Uh, I play all the instruments on it, recorded all of it. And we just made this super weird indie folk noise record, I guess. And we made this package for it that's all scratch-off material, uh, like a lottery ticket. So we took the liner notes once the package was done, once the record was done, and covered off certain words um, out of the whole uh, package and made a poem out of all the liner notes. And then I took that poem, made an 11th song out of that, hid that on a website that you can get if you scratch off the package. So music makes a piece of art, makes another piece of music, arguably makes another piece of art if you count the website. That record that had nothing behind it, no guests on it, zero uh, zero like business push behind it, got nominated for a Grammy, I guess, three years ago now. And we were up against Jay-Z, Metallica, David Bowie, and a band called Reckless Kelly. Which, that's my music business story. Like, if I tell you anything about this whole weird thing, I think Steve would agree with that. It's, it's just, if you stick with it, weird things happen, but there's no rhyme or reason to why things happen. My career didn't change. I mean, little things here and there. I guess, yeah, it's a feather in the cap, any of this stuff. But anyways, yeah. Now Steve and I are finishing another record with an even weirder package. <laughs> Okay, so, uh, this is about living in Los Angeles. I have lots of those. Got no trust left, so pour me a drink. I 
first wash the blood off your hands in the sink. Learn how to smile if you learn how to fight. We can both practice at the end of the night. Special thanks to Mike Brown and all those who attended the session. Our theme music for this year was composed by Roy Eldar. Thank you for listening.